Bienvenidos a Plus Delta. Por favor, manténganse sentados. And welcome to another episode of Plus Delta. Um, this is Brian being crazy as always. We also got Mr. Jerome in the house. Hey guys, what's up? That was really good, Brian. I felt like I was at a theme park. Yeah, you, you know, you just gotta keep yourself seated. Keep your children with your arms inside of the tram. Por favor, mantengan a sus niños adentro del trama. So you just got to keep it all together, you know? Um, and speaking of theme parks, though, which I haven't been to one in a hot-ass minute. Um, I've been wanting to go to Universal so bad. But before I get sidetracked about my dreams, hopes, and wishes, uh, Jerome, you've got a guest for us today. Who'd you got? Yeah, so this person here is an expert about theme parks, especially when it comes to the food, the tips, the history of theme parks. I mean, this is one person that I would definitely rely on. And I lost my train of thought. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, now you're just being rude. Well, anyways, so (laughs) this sexy, bald and beautiful man, can tell you everything about theme parks, and I'm so glad to have him here. Brian Abrams, thank you so much for coming. Thank you, <laughs> and I'm over here to die. Um, I actually lived for Brian's introduction. That brought me back to my days working at a theme park. <laughs> Ooh, tell us about oh, yeah. that. What was your first <laughs> theme park job? Um, my first theme park job well, I would say my first entertainment job was Chuck E. Cheese. Ooh, but my ooh, first theme you, park job was, was Bush Gardens. At Chuck E. Cheese, what? I yeah. was the kid check, the host, the cashier, the prize counter, and I did Chuck E. one time. But I'm oh. a tall person, so it was kind of like high waters on me. <laughs> <laughs> he was ready for the awesome. plug. Yeah. <laughs> The stories I can tell between those two places, let me tell you. <laughs> okay, so first, oh, I bet when we're talking about Chuck E. Cheese, can you explain to the listeners, especially the ones that are not from the '90s, what is Chuck E. Cheese? Chuck E. Cheese. Okay, first of all, first of all, before you make people feel old here, uh, Chuck E. Cheese is still around. There's only like one. No, they're they're still around. Oh, they are okay. And they okay. are in other countries. They have evolved over time. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't like the new mascot they have, but... So then, you were also working at Bush Gardens. Yeah. Okay, what did you do at Bush Gardens? Um, I did multiple jobs, um, mostly in transportation. So, the parking lots, valet, the toll booths, the tram driver, the spieler on the back... Um, I was the steam train engineer. I was the conductor. I was the person that had to learn the 45-minute script to talk to everybody about the animals in the park. And I also did the Rhino Rally ride, drove the safari vehicles off-road when that ride used to exist. About 13 years. Oh, 13 years. I was going to be part of my question. But so I have a question for you. You mentioned that you work like in the parking lot area. Now, as 
<laughs> as Jerome has described in the past, I can be kind of an asshole, but nicely about it. So I tend to keep the asshole side to myself. So whenever uh, I get into like a theme park and like they're trying to tell me where to go in the parking lot, I assume it's because probably idiots in the past have kind of like just swerved through the entire parking lot trying to get the best spot. But like it drives me insane. It's like park here. No, really park here. No, really park here. So is there any parking lot stories that you can tell of why that's so necessary? Mm, you name it and it's happened. And any reason that you can <laughs> think of, it probably fits. Um, we used to call ourselves, and it's called the traffic department, um, the Marines of the, of the park, because we were the first and the last, right? We're there before gotcha. park opens, and we're there after the park closes, getting everybody in and getting everybody mm -hmm. out. And we see everybody. So if you work inside the park, you may not see every single person that's showing up. But right. for those that work in the parking lots, you, you see every single person, even the ones that are not coming in, the ones that are dropping somebody off. You see it all. And you're not you're still in reality. You know, once you go into the theme park, you're kind of out of reality. That's the point of a theme park. And so you see so much people are different in the parking lot than they are inside um and then of course people are crazy and they have a killing machine and they do what they want and the reason why we have to do what we do is for safety it's for efficiency it's to maximize the parking spaces Etc. Yeah. An average day at Bush Gardens is maybe ten thousand people in attendance. On a weekend, we wow. would get maybe eighteen thousand, and then anything that started getting in the twenties or even the thirties, um, it was just chaos. That's when we go to overflow. Um, the week around Christmas and New Year's, we call that Red Line Week because hmm. everything's maxed out. Uh, we get yeah. to the point where we have to shut down the parking lots because nobody else can come in. There's technically not a an official like capacity. It's mostly what can we handle, as in the parking lots and things like that. Um, gotcha. But yeah, I have in the parking lots. I've seen accidents. I've seen um, drug busts. I've seen death. Cool. I've seen <laughs> divorce. <laughs> I've seen <laughs> I've seen um domestic violence. I've seen um not bush gardens animals getting loose, but somebody's dog <laughs> or an alligator or snakes or No, do they bring their animals to bush gardens? Yeah, all the theme parks um have pet kennels. And so pet kennel was one of our really? roles in the traffic department. It's actually the building next to the tram tunnel at near tram stop one, which was also our break room and office. Um, one side of it, there's kennels inside. When I first started before the tram tunnel, um, we had outside kennels and they were free. Now there's a, a slight charge, but yeah, hmm. you have to, you have to remember that people come to Florida from all yeah, over from the world. Town. We're the number mm -hmm. one tourist destination in the world. So, People bring their animals, and it's not just dogs. We've had cats, birds, hermit crabs, turtles, snakes, rats. 
you name it, we've had it. In that That's crazy. Like, I, so, I, yeah. I kinda, yeah, it, it makes sense. Like, as you say it out loud, you know, with considering like all the people coming out of town, but just hearing it, it's like, really, it's like, it's so interesting, but again, it makes perfect sense. So I, talking to you a little bit before we started recording, uh, you mentioned that you love theme parks, that you go to as many theme parks as you can, as, as many times as you can. Do you think having worked in a theme park for so long, did that add kind of like to the magic of it? Did it dull it down for a bit where like you were kind of sick of theme parks or you just love them so much that that made no difference? That's a good question. Um, I always told myself, because I'm a Disney fanatic, that I would never work inside a Disney park for that very reason. Mm. It's a, it's different. It, there are theme parks, but they don't have the magic like the Disney park, so it doesn't ruin anything for me. It gives me a better appreciation and understanding um, how things work and, and why they, yeah. certain things have to be. But Disney and Universal have far more resources to handle what they've got versus the SeaWorld gotcha. Entertainment Parks. It and sounds like that you don't want to be demystified from what the magic of Disney and Universal give to their visitors. Yeah, I wouldn't say Universal has magic. Oh, um, there goes a shade. <laughs> no shade, but it, but it is, it is what it is. Um, Universal actually was years ago in a very bad place. And, mm-hmm. and I don't mean that in, in real terms. I'm just saying that financially and kind of the direction they were going, they were slowly becoming what we call in the industry Six Flags. If you call yourself Six Flags, you're the lowest of the low. Okay. <laughs> wow. Okay. So, so in the industry, we'll say, oh, we don't do it that way. That's Six Flags way, or don't do it the Six Flags way, because that's the trashiest, Six Flags. That's the trashiest <laughs> way you could do it. Um, that's crazy. Like, I, I would have never thought that Six Flags would have been considered down in the totem pole like that. Why is that I, the word? Well, Six Flags is not a theme park. They're amusement parks. And... Mm. Um, in the industry, if you're a theme park, you are upper echelon. Uh, amusement park, you're not. And there's several reasonings to that. There's obviously the name of it, theme park. Um, but along with that, there's standards. So you may have themed lands. There's cleanliness standards. The cuisine yeah, or the food or whatever is better. The events are, are packaged uh much better um and a theme park may draw more international people whereas an amusement park is mostly just a local you know around the corner you know not many people are flying from outside somewhere to go to six flags georgia okay maybe the surrounding areas are but Mm -hmm. that's not usually the case unless they have some major new attraction now right Disney obviously has magic because Disney has so many things that build up in their culture to allow that magic in uh, their their parks. Universal just kind of used to slap things together, and it was an all-out war between Universal and Disney. Um, mm-hmm. Universal got their mojo back because of Harry Potter. 
literally, if yeah. it wasn't for Harry Potter, Universal would have been in the dumps. Um, when I they, believe that. When they built Islands of Adventure and they built up City Walk in the parking garages, which at the time, that was the largest parking structure in the world um, at Universal Orlando. That was um, almost $2 billion. Um, the park itself was like a billion, and then everything else was about eight, $900 million to build that. So that kind of helped things out, but it kind of plateaued, and they were having problems. And then there was this war between Disney and Universal was who was going to win JK's heart for Harry Potter. And Harry Potter was actually going to go into Magic Kingdom. And Disney had a whole proposal and the whole nine. But I don't know yeah. that I would have liked that. Well, and the reason why it went to Universal is because Disney said, it's our way. Like, you have to follow right. our rules. And JK, being who she is, no, ma'am, it's what I want. So Universal kind of played more to her, to her. And they won, and there you have it. You had Hogsmeade, and then years later, you had London with um, Diagon Diagon Alley. Yeah. So that's why Universal is what it is, and they kind of got their mojo, and they're doing a lot of things. Universal's never going to go away. Disney's never going to go away. They have their niches. They have, you know, Universal is going to have the crazier, more mature type of things. Now Disney is is in that same boat. They're they're realizing um they need some of that too, but Disney is not going to have some of the things that Universal is going to have. It's not the Disney way, if you will. Right. Well, I think yes. that Epcot is more of the adult version compared to all the other theme parks that are in Disney because usually with Epcot, I go for the Food and Wine Festival. And so I feel like that there's more adult related themes. And plus, you know, I like to eat and drink. So I think that's more of my speed. And I usually see more adults in that atmosphere compared to Magic Kingdom or Animal Kingdom. Most definitely. Um, I actually think that Hollywood Studios, Animal Kingdom and Epcot have a lot of adult things to do. Um, but I will argue with anybody that all the parks, resorts, everything has mm-hmm. something for everybody. Um, a lot of people, and this kind of drives me crazy too, as a fanatic and also somebody who's been in the industry, you call it what it's supposed to be called. A lot of people will say, oh, I'm going to Disney, and that means Magic Kingdom. They don't realize that Magic Kingdom is called Magic right. Kingdom. Oh, I'm going to Walt Disney World. And so I'll say, well, where? Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, Walt Disney World. With, you know, like Dumbo and Small World. I said, oh, you're going to Magic Kingdom. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, no, I'm going to Walt Disney World. And so they don't realize, you know, that Disney, it's its own world. It has multiple things. There's a lot of things that people don't realize Disney has. Yeah, so, you know, go, going on with that and the whole Harry Potter, I guess, war that they had... I think that's why I'm so glad that Universal ended up getting Harry Potter because I just think of all those different sections that make Disney. And I think they've kind of perfected that, the different sections of them that make it all what it is, Disney World. Uh, Even thinking of Magic Kingdom alone, like they have all the different sections that are dedicated to the different 
I guess themes, but it's usually some sort of movie that overtakes a particular area with other things around it. Um, so I don't think, unless they built a whole extra wing, I don't think Harry Potter world could have had its own independent thing the way that it does in Universal. Because like you said, like Universal yeah. just kind of like threw some things out there to where like there's rides everywhere and it's kind of cool looking. But I just feel like whenever you go to Universal and then most people now go there for Harry Potter world. Like you go and you see it and like, oh, it's kind of empty, but it's kind of cool because I can go to the rides rather quickly. But then you enter into like Hogsmeade or Diagon Alley, and it's just like this whole other world. Like it doesn't feel like you're at Universal. You feel like you're in the Harry Potter land. Exactly. As opposed as opposed to like with Disney, you know you're at Disney regardless of what section you're in, particularly Magic Kingdom. Like, yes, I am in Magic Kingdom, but I am in Future World. Or I'm in Magic Kingdom, but I'm over here. So like all, all those different things, I feel like they've got, like you said, their niche of developing that, that I think would have not fit the vision of what Harry Potter world is now. I think um, there is a lot of truth to that. And there's a lot of change. Um, that's kind of Magic Kingdom is old fashioned Disney. Uh, mm-hmm. That's how Walt put it together. But if you see like Hollywood Studios or um, Animal Kingdom, they're starting to do these IP, what they call intellectual property land. So you have Star Wars at Galaxy's Edge. Yeah. You yeah, have yeah. Toy Story Land that's now open in Hollywood Studios. You have Pandora. At Animal mm-hmm. Kingdom, and that's kind of like our response to how Universal did Harry Potter. I personally yeah, yeah. am glad that Universal got it because I don't think it would have fit really well in Magic Kingdom. I think Harry Potter would have went well in Hollywood Studios um, mm-hmm. because it's technically not a Disney uh, right IP. So yeah, it's the Warner Brothers property. Correct. So um, and plus you have. Hogwarts Castle, and how are you going to have Hogwarts Castle and be as grand yeah, as Cinderella's Castle? Yeah, I think Cinderella mm-hmm. can hang out with. Uh, I Harry mean, Potter. she can, but I mean, I would have they, rather had the grand Hogwarts Castle as you see at Islands of Adventure. Disney would have, you know, did forced perspective on it, like they did with the Beauty and the Beast right. Castle over Be Our Guest Restaurant in Magic Kingdom in the, in the New Fantasyland mm-hmm. era. Um, because nothing is supposed to be bigger than the focal point of Cinderella's right, right. castle. Plus, there's a, kind of a rule in Florida where you're not supposed, if anything that you build over 200 feet or actually 199, so 200 feet and more, you have to have strobes at the top or a blinking light. So, actually, Cinderella Castle is built just below that to avoid that restriction. So mm. where Universal wouldn't been, they may not care about that as much. Um, Disney does have their Imagineers and their processes a lot more strict. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So go, and it's fine because I sent you a whole list of questions, but as we were talking, we're talking now, I feel like I'm developing different questions. Of course. So, <laughs> so we're just doing that way. Yeah, I know. It's just all about the natural flow of conversation. So you mentioned that, like, you can argue that every park has something for everyone. Like, yes, there might be some more thematic things for adults or younger kids, depending on which park you go to. But overall, it's for everybody. 
but of course. I've seen I've seen a lot lately in the news and social media, like a lot of people trying to throw shade, particularly at millennials saying, oh, if you don't have kids, you shouldn't be going to the parks because you're ruining my child's experience. And it's not for single adults. Um, how do you feel about that? Because I think it's absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> I think that's just people being cares. I think it's just people. <laughs> I think they policing Look, theme parks. When- as a kid grow, going to Disney, it was busy, but I don't feel it was as crowded as it is today um, or in modern times, if you will. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think people have that same experience and expectation as when they went as a kid. And then they go now and they see how crowded it is and they just want somebody to blame as to why something yeah. is something, you know. And I think that's the case. But um, Magic Kingdom, definitely, that's where all kids should go. But the point of it is for you to relive it. Um, mm. Going to Disney, for me, is is a way to escape reality. And it also helps yeah, me absolutely. be in touch with my childhood memories, which I hold dear to my heart. So why not go? You know, F them people. For real, like <laughs> no, I yeah, paid to get sure. in this car just like you did. You got yeah, the bad then, kid that you got to worry about. I don't. <laughs> right, and I mean, I even think about like how you said that like people come to these theme parks from all over the world. So if maybe as a child, and and I'm just saying Brazil because I've seen a lot of people from Brazil at Universal, but like if I'm a child from Brazil that maybe doesn't have a lot of money, but I hear and see everything about all these theme parks. Now that I'm a grown adult and I've like saved up to go across the world and get to this theme park, like what am I going to wait till I have a child? So then I come and I have a higher expense. Like yeah. it makes no sense to me. Like if I want to experience this, especially whether, like you said, it's a reliving a childhood memory or getting to enjoy it because I didn't before, like bitch, I'm a go. <laughs> Correct. Um, look, any theme park is for anybody, even Universal. You can find something for of all ages. Um, you just have to know what to do and what to look for. Unfortunately, a lot of people, I think, are intimidated by these parks because there's a lot going on. And they even will have a map with all everything that's listed of what they can do. And they're still intimidated by it. A lot of people today yeah. have been to these parks multiple times like I have, and they still don't realize all the offerings that there are. Um, Oh, yeah. So it just depends. I mean, I've been to many parks in my life and not rode a single damn ride. Mm. I have just been there for a festival. I have been there to people watch, which is one of my absolute favorite things, and there's plenty of people watching at a theme park. Um or just ride the train around the the park or go eat at a restaurant. I've been I went a couple of years ago to a friend's birthday party at Be Our Guest at Magic Kingdom. Oh, we literally cool. walked in, went to the back to the restaurant, had dinner for 2 hours, the park closed and we walked out. And that was it. So there's things yeah. that, you know, if you're a theme park fanatic, then you you do those things. Some people are, I don't want to drive all the way to just do that, or <laughs> I don't want to have to park and do this and do that and then get in just to do one ride and leave. Okay, well, then that's you. 
stay home. <laughs> right. No, and, you know, and I agree. Like, let's have a line for me. Yeah, for sure. I, and, and I agree with that. Like, I just, like, my wife, she is huge Disney. I'm more the Universal guy. She's more of the Disney. And we've definitely gone for her. I think it was for her birthday. We went, we had, uh, we like hung out around Magic Kingdom, Fantasyland. She got to see uh, the Beauty and the Beast castle. Um, I think it's called Hala Bastion. And then we went over to Epcot, um, to Japan, to have Hibachi, and then we left. And then we've gone to Universal just to drink some butter beer at Harry Potter World and then leave. Because um, sometimes the lines are ridiculous and it's too hot, but I want to enjoy, like you said, that magic that the worlds have developed. So I'm going to go. And if you're, if you're hardcore like I am, then you've been to all the parks in one day. All the Disney parks. Now, yeah. I, ha- I have done Universal and Disney like one, and one day. Not all of them, but maybe like three, maybe like Islands of Adventure. And then I went over That's to dedication. Epcot. Because think That's about a it. lot of work. You know how much traffic there <laughs> is in freaking Orlando? It's not that bad. I mean, <laughs> you have the same traffic in Tampa. I mean, it really no, is. I think bad. it's worse. Yeah. I hate Orlando. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I it has taken me an hour to go from Universal to Orlando to Disney, and it's also taken me 15 minutes. It just depends. Plus, you, if you start learning out. the back roads and stuff, you know, you know what to do. But like, we've been to Universal in the morning, and then we went to Epcot in the evening to to eat. I like Epcot. Yeah. I like all the parks in the evening. That's my favorite. When the lights come on, that's my. It's just it's just magical to me. And no matter what theme park it is, we have. Uh, I love Universal's Mardi Gras. Uh, Pre COVID, yes, when they had all the Mardi concerts, Gras. I've seen many mm-hmm. people. Uh, or the food and wine concerts, or the Garden Rocks concerts at Epcot. And so I've left work and just go to see Boys to Men at Epcot or, you know, go to um, Hollywood Studios in the morning and then go lay by the pool at a resort. And then in the evening, we're going to Earth, Wind & Fire concert for Mardi Gras at Universal. So there's a lot. You know, you just uh, once you know what to, to do, concert. you can plan it out and do it. Yeah, for sure. I think that parks you know they are inclusive and i think they give everyone a little bit of something it's about you looking for what you have because me i am a universal uh, annual pass member and i've went i think five times this year and every time i go there's always something different that i look at or i mm-hmm. go on to for a ride like i went on the Oh my gosh, I forgot the name of it, but it's pretty much like where you can pick a song. It's a roller coaster. You can pick a song and you literally go up a 90 degree. It's an Eileen Adventure side. No, the the universal side. Yeah, it's definitely the universal side. Yes, yes, it's that one. Yeah. I have never been on that ride and I've been to Universal like probably 10, 12 times. Hollywood Rip Ride Rocket in it. It has multiple, multiple song choices. There's actually secret song tracks. Really? If you go online to all the theme park junkies, they'll tell you the codes for like some of the secret tracks. Oh, so it's like up, up, down, down, left, right, yeah. ABA, ABA, <laughs> start, all that stuff. That, that roller coaster in the industry uh, is notorious to have a lot of problems with. Um, yes. Uh, what do they call that? that not valley, but. Um, Height? I forgot the term, but it it at the peaks it just stops. It doesn't have enough 
friction or there's too much friction and it just can't make the whole course. So, oh. and you'll see that a lot in, in any theme park that runs roller coasters. There is a lot of science to it. Um, mm-hmm. I remember at Bush Gardens when it was under 40 degrees, you know, the, the tracks had to warm up some. It just depended on the ride. But I do know that that ride at Universal is notorious to have problems. For some reason, because I'm a big chicken, that's always been one of the rides that scares me the most, even though that's like one of the slower ones and not like as many crazy things. But like, I feel like almost every time that I've been to Universal, that ride is broken. <laughs> that I'm yeah. like, eh, that's not yeah. the ride I want to get on. <laughs> yeah, it's notorious. Well, and- next time, Brian, you know, we should go. I would definitely go on that again because that was so much fun. I don't and know. Abigail will get on with you while I stay back. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame. But yeah, no, I, and I, I think do. too, something that you said, Brian, was that um, I, some the parks have so much to give that you sometimes don't even notice unless you're like, after you're like 12,000 time of going and looking at the different directions. Um, I just think of two years ago, was it two years ago? Yeah, because it was pre-COVID. So two years ago in January, um, I had done a half marathon up in Disney. And a lot of the track like takes you out through the different parks. I think it starts at Epcot, but it goes through Magic Kingdom and it comes back into Epcot. And yeah. all, all those different things like that you can see from like almost like behind the scenes as you're like taking whatever trail they created – there's so many things that I hadn't noticed before or like where the parks connect when they feel so separate from each other. Cause they've done such a great job of creating their own worlds and their own themes that it, it's just crazy how much there is to see. If you actually take the time to look, like you said, not even riding the rides. If you think about it, Walt Disney world is 40 square miles. It is so large and by itself that it has its own government entity, Reedy Creek Improvement Mm -hmm. District. And in addition to the basic four theme parks that everybody knows, you have over 20 resorts. You have two putt-putt golf areas. You have two water parks. You have multiple golf courses. You have ESPN Wide World of Sports. You have Disney Springs, you got the campgrounds, you got the waterways um, and lakes with transportation and activities. Uh, You have one of the largest uh, privately run bus systems in the country. You got the Skyliner, you got the monorail, you got the boat system. So Mm -hmm. there's a lot. a lot of people don't realize that, and actually you could do this much easier pre-COVID, but we would just go in what we call resort hop. So mm-hmm. you go for the day and you can explore the different resorts, leave your car and take Disney's transportation. So at Coronado Springs, they have a new addition called Destino Tower. At the very top, at the 16th floor, they have the Dolly Lounge, which is Walt Disney and Salvador Dali's friendship that's uh, combined and themed into like a bar with an outdoor um, patio 
16 floors up that you could see all of Walt Disney World. It's great. Um, then you have the new uh, Riviera Resort. They have Topolino's at the top. It's a new restaurant. And they also have an outdoor rooftop bar that's beautiful to see. The Skyliner is free. Um, the buses are free. The boats are free. Um, at the Beach Club, it has beaches and cream where you can go and get the largest ice cream sundae you've ever had. They call it the kitchen sink. They literally come out with a kitchen sink and they fill it with like 20 scoops of ice cream and fruit and whipped cream. Oh, that's um, you amazing. know, it's probably like, like $30, but you know, you have, oh, that's worth it. You can finish it up. Right. So Not there's things like that. that's ice cream for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's so many things like that, that you can do. Um, a lot of people think that Disney is also extremely expensive. Um, the reality is Disney's not cheap, but you, if you know what you're doing and you read and do research, you can actually do things quite reasonably. A lot of people don't realize that when you go to these parks, when you're in the restaurant, like the quick service, the kids' meals are the same size as the adult meals. So, mm. whereas Romy wants a double cheeseburger with bacon and barbecue sauce and all this kind of stuff. Okay, the kids' menu may not have that, but you're still going to get a cheeseburger that's the same size with fries for half the price. Plus, you'll get all these extras. You'll get fruit and, and snacks and milk and soda, all of it in, in a cookie. Um, so you could do it that way. Or you could just go around and have appetizers somewhere. If you and have they're a, filling. Yeah. Their appetizers yeah. are pretty darn big. Disney doesn't doesn't skimp. There are a few restaurants that are a little kind of bougie, but overall, um, Disney's cuisine has come a very long way from when I was a kid and even when my parents yeah, went absolutely. when they were little. Um, so actually, one of the highest rated restaurants anywhere is Victoria and Albert's at Grand Floridian Resort. Um, that's, that's a hard reservation It's expensive and it's Michelin star. So a lot of people don't realize that either. Wait, it's a Michelin star restaurant mm -hmm. in Victoria and Albert at Grand Floridian. Resort. Really? It's multiple courses. It's extreme dress code, like the whole nine. Yeah. But you know, I like to be fancy. Yeah, so. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to like do that. Okay, so there's one place that I do like to go to um, in one of the, the resorts, and I know that it's not called Aloha. It's the one with Ohana at Polynesian Resort. Yes, and I like to get the <laughs> coffee, and then I also like to get the. Um, you talking about the? You talking about the all you can eat? Um, Polynesian style, like Brazilian steakhouse, or are you talking about Kona Cafe? I'm, ta I'm talking about Kona Cafe, but then I'm also talking about there's a small like pavilion that you can buy the. Uh, I'm sorry, the pineapple. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, outside by the yeah. pool. Yeah. Yes. Did like you, those are did the you just say pavilion? What? Did you call it did a you say pavilion or a Pavilion. Pavilion. Really? We're gonna try to check my speech and my enunciation right now. That's racist and homophobic, Brian. We are gonna check. <laughs> you 
you sound like the teenagers that I teach. Like literally every time that they get called out for something, like, oh, that's racist and homophobic and transphobic. I'm, what what are you saying to me right now? Stop it. Yes, I'm telling that you're being JK Rowling's right now. I need you to stop. Hey now. <laughs> um see now you threw me off. So I like I said, I just keep developing questions, but going to one of the questions that I actually had sent you or sent Jerome and hopefully he gave to you. Um, no, I didn't. Since you, <laughs> I, of course not. He sent oh, me two, uh, two groups of questions. <laughs> oh, look at him. So proud. Um, but you mentioned COVID and how things were easier before then. Uh, how do, how well do you think the different like theme parks and stuff have managed COVID and is there any protocol that they've come up with that you hope stays even post COVID? So I talk about this a lot with the people that I go to Disney with. Um, Disney has done an excellent job with COVID. I think they're the best overall. They have definitely been the strictest and have the best resources in handling it. Um, you have to wear a mask over your nose and mouth, and they have restrictions on the type of mask that you can use. Um, and there's no exceptions at all. So if you have a disability or a medical condition or anything like that, they don't care. Everyone has to wear a mask unless you're stopped, stationary, taking a picture, eating or drinking. Um, and they will call you out. They will make sure you wear it. And if not, they will tell you that you need to leave. Um, the lines look crazy long um so it's hard to for those that haven't been to, to magic kingdom the haunted mansion line will go all the way to splash mountain because it's every six feet um so it looks like it's a three-hour wait but it actually moves pretty fast and it's only 30 minutes they're not doing fast passes I wish Universal uh, stopped and, doing that. And I want to kind of get to fast passes after this because I have some comments about that. Um, they have they just actually removed their their hand washing stations that they had in each park. Um, they still have hand sanitizer and and the sinks in the bathrooms, obviously. But I never saw much people use them. Um, they're not doing parades. They're doing what they call cavalcades, where they have like one or two floats that go down the parade route, so people are not hanging around for for some period right. of time. Um, the quick service restaurants you have to mobile order, so you can't hang at in the rest uh, the restaurant. Um, some of the restaurants they have are not in service, and they're relaxation stations, so you can go in and take your mask off. Of course, every other table is marked off, and then you can relax in an air-conditioned setting. Um, you have to have reservations to get in all parks. There's limited capacity. Uh, currently, it's at 35%, but I can see that going up soon. Um, some of the shows and attractions are not open, either because they could not find COVID protocols to suffice, or they just don't have the staffing. Uh, staffing is bad for everybody not just theme parks, but it is really bad for theme parks because everyone got furloughed right. for several months and they haven't brought back everybody and not everybody that they've offered to come back 
has decided to come back because there was no job security um, or they found something else. Um, one of the downsides of theme parks is you don't get paid very well working at a theme park at all. Um, and there are some forums and articles out there that really talk bad about theme parks and how they treat their employees and et cetera. Um, and Disney is one of those that's extremely strict. But if you've seen in the news, they have introduced a new key to their culture and it's called inclusion. And they are trying to build a better work environment and culture where the, now they're allowing tattoos and gender neutral wardrobe and wardrobe guidelines and that sort of thing. So they're starting to realize that they need to ease up to get more people to come work for them because before you couldn't even have a beard, Mm -hmm. you know, Disney was extremely strict. It was all about the show, but the world is changing and the show has to change for it to go on. So, amen. you know, Hey, exactly. Um, but I've been to Bush Gardens recently and they're a hot mess. I cannot, I was shocked. Are they six flagging it? With, uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I went with my friends that used to work with me there. And when I tell you, we just looked at each other with our jaw to the floor. We could not understand how poorly managed and kept that park. I heard that they're over capacity technically. Like I was reading an article. Is that true? Like, how does it look like when you walk into the Bush well, Gardens? Now I think there's time? a lot of people, and this has always been a lot of people don't know what numbers look like. So yeah. the line to get in may be atrocious, but it's not as much as you think. Um, yes, and that compacted together. Correct. So Magic Kingdom can get up to 100,000 people. Okay. I have been there plenty of times when it's that packed. Um, but Bush Gardens is much bigger than Magic Kingdom. And the most I've ever seen at Bush Gardens working there was about 42,000 people. And that is mass chaos. And it's yeah. not because, because Magic Kingdom is bigger. Like I said, it's not. It's the resources. It's how things are set up. Bush Gardens is a circle. Magic Kingdom is hub and spoke. So um, they also have the fourth largest um, paved parking lot in the world. Bush Gardens doesn't have that. So it just no. depends. Uh, but for COVID... The line to get into the park when we went went all the way past the main tram stop at the main entrance. That was already that was after the temperature check. That was to get in. And you could tell they were short with staff. The staff was overworked because they weren't being very efficient. They were taking their sweet mm-hmm. time with every single person. Uh, but when I've been to Disney, I have not waited to get into the park whatsoever. Um, and we have been to Disney all through COVID. 
So before and after that they closed, we've been there multiple times. So um, it really just depends. Uh, I have friends that still work at Bush Gardens and the line to get in was through the tram tunnel, through the exit lanes when you drive your car out of the parking lot. That's how long that line was just to get into the park. That's crazy. Yeah. There should be yeah. no reason for that. That's ridiculous. Um, but when you go to Bush Gardens, um, you can tell that they're hurting with staff. Um, you can tell that they don't have enough staff to go around and kind of enforce the policies. People are not wearing their mask. When you go to Disney, people are following the rules much more yeah. than most other parks. Now, Universal um, is not doing reservations, and you have to get there extremely early or you're not getting in. So they're all kind of doing their own thing. Um, Disney's definitely handling it the best. Um, anything that I think that should stay afterwards, hmm. Um, obviously, I don't think the mask should stay. Um, I think people will naturally wear masks after this, after we come out of um, mm -hmm. the pandemic era, uh, I would mind wearing the mask inside, like walking to a table or something like that, but definitely not outside. You got all that open space and it's so hot. Um, mm -hmm. I uh, The reservations to the parks, I don't necessarily hate it. It's an inconvenience, but I can see how that can assist because now they're allowing you to park hop after 2 p.m. I do oh, gotcha. wish that I could park hop at any time and I can go to any park um, anytime I want. I'm, I'm against anything reservation. I'm old school Disney. Mm -hmm. So when I was talking about, I want to talk about fast passes. I hate that system. I, if I was the CEO of Disney, I would get fast passes. Why? Um, fast passes takes out the magic of having the adventure of exploring a place, for one. Yeah. Two, a lot of these attractions are not built to handle the... Uh, we, <laughs> at Bush Gardens, we called it penetration, where it's the number <laughs> of people that you... <laughs> through the ride okay <laughs> but, so how many times have you been through that penetration uh, many times Ronnie, many times <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> it, it, think about this you have a ride and you have and when you build it you have one line okay and everyone is in that same line doing the same ride and the ride could only handle so many people per hour Okay, we call it how many people you can penetrate in the hour, a thousand, <laughs> two thousand, whatever it is. But then when you have fast pass, now you have two lines. Okay, so you're going to have the same number of people in the standby line as you normally would, but now you have people mm -hmm. with reservations in the fast pass line. But those people get priority. So now the standby line is going to be even slower. So the fast pass line is supposed to go through 75% of the time and the standby line goes through 25% of the time. So now you're not going to be able to get in as many attractions in the day as you normally could back in the day. 
So, and just, I have a, So it's not ahead. really speeding anything up. It's just slowing down the standby line. Long, it, it's a, it's an illusion. So people, oh, I love fast pass. I can get my three fast passes in a day so I can make sure I go on the attractions I want to go. Well, I've been able to go on any of the rides that I want to go on prior to COVID, um, waiting in a normal line as well. You just have to know how to do it. But during COVID, mm-hmm. when they didn't have fast pass, when I tell you these lines move, these lines are moving and they, they're doing what they naturally can do and you can get multiple rides in. So I just, I don't like fast pass. Um, now, if the ride is designed where you have uh, a, a car or a side of the attraction that can handle the fast pass line and then another side of the attraction that can handle the standby line, then okay, then it works. But some of these older ones, like Peter Pan, which is one of my favorites since a, as a kid because it's one of my childhood favorite movies, that ride can't handle a fast pass. Right. Only two people in a, in a boat or three people in a boat and it's only one line of these boats that are constantly moving. So, and there's a certain speed that it goes. So you do the math. Now you add fast pass to it. Now, every time we go into magic kingdom with family or whatever, we always make a bet as we walk towards Peter Pan. Okay. What you, what place your bets for the Peter Pan waiting time. <laughs> And oh, it's 55, it's 65, it's 75, because it's usually that's what it is. Right. So because of that, um, some people will hang me because uh, I want to get rid of fast passes, but I really think it's it, it, it defeats a lot of the purpose. So how do you feel about, and I don't know if this is the proper name for them, but like the time passes that like Universal started introducing, I believe it was with their um, Jimmy Fallon ride to where you just sign up for the time that you go for the ride and you go there at that time. Do you think that's any more effective? Yes. Um, I actually use um, Disney's disability service um, to use their ride attractions. So if you have a disability or if you or if somebody in your party has a disability, you can go to guest relations or town hall, depending on the park, and you can sign up for Disney Accessibility Service. Where you are set up an account, you actually have to go to the attraction, you tap, they tap you in and they give you a return time for the same amount of time that the actual wait is. So Pirates of the Caribbean is 35 minute wait. Okay, it's 10 o'clock, come back at 10.30, 10.35, and then you can go through the fast pass side and you go in. So you're waiting the same amount, you're just not having to stand in that line. But the benefits to that is, okay, well now I can go over there and have some Dole Whip oh, in the meantime. some Dole Whip. Or I can run into um, the Tiki Room and watch that show. So you can kind of like get a better... Uh, you could do the park much more mm-hmm. efficient that way. Seems like you can plan out your time. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you have to go to the attraction to do it. And so like Universal does with Jimmy Fallon, I do like that idea because it's open to mm-hmm. everybody. And that way you don't need you don't have to have a, a queue for people to just sit and stand in. And maybe that's something that the parks have to look into after COVID. Yeah. You know, so people are not all jammed up like yeah, whenever it comes back all at once. Mm-hmm. Correct. So 
I, I definitely am for that. All right. Well, Brian, I have some rapid fire questions for you. Okay. So are you ready? Sure. <laughs> okay. All right. So I think you already said this, but, but favorite <laughs> theme park ride. This must be rapid. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ten seconds. <laughs> no. Lord have mercy. Uh, Rise of the Resistance. Favorite theme park food? Mm. It can be restaurant and it can be like the food that you would like to get. I don't know if these rapid fire questions, Romy, are good for me because <laughs> I don't necessarily have too many favorites. Um, or even ones that you would recommend. Okay. My favorite restaurants or food at Walt Disney World is Via Napoli Pizza and the Italy Pavilion at Epcot. Ohana. Not the French Pavilion, bitch. <laughs> Hell no. What? Every time I go to the French Pavilion, they have like the well, the the boulangerie in the back, yes, is great. Yeah, okay, but I'm giving my favorites. Yeah, I was gonna say, John, you, can, about you can't make it rapid fire if you're gonna okay. interrupt. <laughs> what about the Parisian breakfast? That's okay. Girl. I mean, not everything in the okay, is Okay, sorry, amazing. this is about you, so let okay. me stop. Um, <laughs> inside Mexico in the tequila tavern, if you can get in, it used to be actually a, a secret, and then everybody would knew about it and now there's crazy waits for it but inside there i loved all the drinks and some of the small plates and you can get the the chips and guacamole the avocado margarita the blood orange margarita those were awesome um ohana at polynesian resort which is a polynesian uh like brazilian steakhouse like we talked about earlier because they give you this um banana coconut bread at the mm. beginning, but they take that bread and make a bread pudding for your dessert. So that's awesome. Boma at Animal Kingdom Lodge. Uh, their African buffet is amazing. That's actually one of the best breakfasts. And I would say the number one restaurant in all of Walt Disney World is Art Smith's Homecoming at Disney Springs. He um, grew up in North Florida, and he used to be Oprah's chef right across from Morimoto and they now do brunch and a couple weeks ago was my birthday and spent a few days at Disney world for my birthday. And that was our Saturday morning brunch before we hit Hollywood studios for the day. Um, excellent, excellent, excellent food. Um, so yeah, growing up at Bush gardens, the smokehouse um, at Bush gardens, it's called the Zambia smokehouse now, but growing up, that was our favorite because you get a lot of good barbecue for a cheap price. But as things change, it just it's not the same. Um, so that's definitely my answer to that, Rome. All right. So last rapid fire <laughs> quote, rapid fire question uh, before no, I got two more. I got two more. No. I, well, you can if you're not going to interrupt the person answering the question. Uh, oh, excuse me. Somebody go. Go, Roman. Okay, what, no, what's Ryan, the go. theme park? What's one theme park that you have not been to that it's at the top of your bucket list? Tokyo Disney Sea. Hands down. Yes. All right, I go. We should go next year, 2022. Yes. Yes. Because I want to go to the Osaka uh, Universal. Yes. Question, Jerome. Nintendo question. Open. Yes. Oh, for me. Oh, sorry. I thought you were asking a question to me. I was like, wait, this is about Brian. But 
<laughs> what type of people do you watch or people watch at theme parks? Everything. I love drama mm -hmm. when I'm not in it. Mommy <laughs> knows this. Yes. Um, so when I'm sitting there eating my Dole Whip or just having some sangria in Italy or Morocco, just sitting there mm -hmm. and people are arguing and fighting, I love that. I don't like anything to do with children. Like, yeah, that makes me so mad. Um, but if it's adults, you know, somebody's drunk and they're acting a fool or they're climbing the fountain or whatever the case. Yes. And I just watch it unfold. I love that. He screams out world star. <laughs> All right. One thing that annoys you at theme parks. What? One thing that annoys you at theme parks, like when you're there. Oh my God. There's not one thing. The, the okay. <laughs> I will say that I can, I can handle a lot of things at theme parks. Obviously I've been there and worked there. I would say the one thing that I wish all the theme parks in Florida could get a better hold of is shade, shade and <laughs> and you are. Yes. I actually put um, on Facebook. I'm part of a lot of different like uh, Disney or theme park groups. And there's this big one called the secret Disney group. So I put on there, the parks are too hot. Magic uh, Epcot is the hardest park. The most human park is Animal Kingdom. They need more shade. And people on there were just going crazy. Oh, I agree, or they don't agree, whatever. But let me tell you, if you've been to the parks, they are hot. They're just full of concrete. Mm -hmm. There's not enough trees. Um, but if what's interesting, if you go to other parks around the world, they have cover. Mm. Like if you go to Tokyo, their main street is covered. Completely covered. It's outside, but it's covered. So I, I think that's what the parks here in Florida need to do. All right, last one. What is your thought about Disney gays? <laughs> of course you've asked this one. I don't have any issue with it. You know, uh, you want to be who you are, and you want to be bright and bold and looking all red at Magic Kingdom you know, for gay days. Hey, so be it. Um, some people take things too far, and it's not just the gays. It's anybody. It's Karen's. The, it's, the Karen's. Every, it's everybody. Um, <laughs> at I, I don't have any issue with it. Go on. Disney embraces it, so hey. We'll go off this. That's right. I don't know what Drum's doing. I can just see him mouthing things. He's trying to be an animatronic. <laughs> hey, you, you, you can be, you, once you run for president, you can be your own animatronic in the pre Hall of Presidents at Disney, <laughs> Magic Kingdom. <laughs> uh, but so before I let you give your pleasant Delta, Brian, first of all, thank you so much for being part of the conversation today. I can ask a million more questions about theme parks. And if my wife was part of this conversation, who's obsessed with it, she'd probably ask like a million more. Um, so I'll probably be in touch with you for that. Uh, but I would okay. like to give my Delta for this episode, which was the fact that before we started recording, Jerome told you to silence your phone so because it'll pick up every noise. And his phone just went off and it started vibrating. So how unprofessional on him. <laughs> is it your phone? Has it been your phone or is it that watch? 
I think I think it's the watch. I don't know. I'm in this like very uh, ghetto ranked um, <laughs> setup that I'm doing here. <laughs> but if Romy wasn't a mess, we wouldn't love him as much as we do. No, I'm just playing. That's but that's true, what makes Romy Romy. It's the it's mess. It's my You're imperfections right. that make me beautiful. That's right. <laughs> So, Brian, could you give us your plus and delta when it comes to theme parks, Disney, or anything in between? What would you say your plus and deltas are? Oh. You know, you could have given me this question six months ago, and I don't think I would be ready with an answer. Um, (laughs) I, I would say... Hmm. I... For Delta, for an improvement, I would say I wish Disney would be able to capture some of the detail and the magic that existed when I was a kid. I feel like they are doing things that are a little bit watered down and a little bit more generalized than they used to do just to Mm -hmm. get the almighty dollar. I remember as a kid going to the parks and we would park at the parking lot, take the tram to the ticket and transportation center and get on the ferry boat to go across seven seas lagoon to magic kingdom. And in the lagoon would be Mickey, Minnie, Donald, goofy, all of them water skiing in. That's right. I do remember that. Remember that? And even dopey and all them. And a lot of that, they stopped years ago. Um, the magic is always there, but I feel like some yeah, of the it's things, those little details. Yeah. yeah. And some of the technology also goes away, kind of chips away at some of that magic. Um, the character of some of these attractions, older have a lot more magic because it allows you to have more imagination in your mind than it just being all in front of you without you having to think. So I definitely think that would be the Delta. The, um, the plus, hmm. I think what I like is when we talk about these things, about theme parks and, and all of everyone's perception and views and experiences it helps others um a lot of people don't know what's there when we talked about this earlier Mm -hmm. um so if you just go onto blogs or watch some youtube videos and there's a lot of bloggers out there youtube videos um that are known in the industry they literally go to the park every single day and they do something and you would and I myself will start, wait a minute, I didn't know that, that you could do that or they had that there. Or I always thought it was like this, but this is how it really is. Um, and so I think a podcast like this or my Instagram, The Abrams Adventure, you could see all of my adventures in food, travel, transportation, Disney theme parks. Um, not to plug it, but I did. No, we were going to please plug no, yeah, please, please, please plug it for sure. <laughs> there is no such thing as a shameless plug. Okay. So the Abrams Adventure Instagram, I think things like that is definitely a plus to help people see what's out there and to also 
help fight those, um, you know, those myths and those misnomers of, oh, Disney's just for kids or theme parks are just. hot and ugly and no fun or it's too expensive what have you there's something to do for everybody so that's definitely gotcha. a plus well thank you for that i try to be brian you have been such a pleasure to be here i have enjoyed my time as always with you so before we go because i'm an aries and i'll take things over i i we heard we heard bry's um theme park voice and and extra <laughs> for you know spanish you know por favor my tendency on the monorail and my gringo behind oh there you go you know but i do want to hear romy's theme park voice <laughs> Oh my gosh! Do you know I, what to say, Roman? I don't know what to say, but I'll say if I was in charge of a theme park, this is what I would say: Welcome to Romy's world. As you are entering, please sit your ass down. <laughs> please make sure that you are not in people's faces. Give people space. Make sure that you are fresh and ready to go, and please make sure you're taking care of your child. You pay the bills, so make sure that you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. Thank you, and welcome to this magical world. Yeah, it, 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 there was a pause in that, but that was but good. Oh, okay, it was easy. You, 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 it's it's a lot more force, but you force it without it feeling like it's force. I don't know how to describe it. It's more. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard the Bush Gardens. Bienvenidos al drama de Bush Gardens. Muchas gracias por haber entrado a nuestro parque. Oh no, I guess I'm a little bit more abrasive. And by the way, not to go off on the tangent because I know we got to finish up, but if you go on some YouTube's, uh, Ursula's my favorite Disney character, and some of these uh, like D23 and these type of groups, um, they'll bring oh, in yeah. people that have voice characters or other things to voice attractions. So they've got Ursula doing like the haunted awesome. mansion or the tram spiel It's pretty cool. Yeah. Thank you, Brian. Yes. Well, thank you guys. This was great. No, thank you. All right. And we will dun, be back dun, with dun. our own plus and deltas. Por favor, manténganse sentado con los brazos, manos, pies y piernas dentro del vehículo y cuiden a sus niños. Gracias. And thank you also for being back with us on this wonderful episode of Plus Delta where we got to talk to Brian, not me, but another Brian, about the greatness of going to theme parks and all the different things you can enjoy. Um, Trum, thanks for the great guest and tell us what your Plus and Delta are. You're welcome, as always. So, with my plus delta, my first thing I would say is going and talking about theme parks and relieving, oh, reliving the experience of going to theme parks and amusement parks. It made me wonder about, all right, let's be okay with being a child at heart and just reliving the joy and excitement that the childhood memories 
that amusement park spring. I mean, let's just go and look at the food, enjoying eating the food, going on the rides, being together with family and friends, and just spending all of your money for the almighty dollar in capitalism. <laughs> Don't you think about that, Brian? I mean, yeah, for sure. I I definitely feel like sometimes I spend way too much money on theme parks, but the experience that I have, the memories that we make there, um, it, it's totally worth it. So definitely being a child at heart is something we should never let go of. Yes. And, you know, the experience over spending the money is always going to be the uh, positive throughout this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, so that goes into my Delta you know, when we're speaking about capitalism and I know that when going to uh, theme parks such as Disney and Universal Studios, that's the only thing that you see is like, this costs money to do these things. This costs Mm -hmm. money to go on these rides and uh, the activities. I wonder how can Disney and Universal and just other businesses can kind of... compete for us besides for our money and as well as giving us the experience that we want and bringing the magic which means disney please bring back pleasure island (laughs) i mean if for the listeners pleasure island was these themes of clubs and you had the sign of jessica rabbit and you can oh i do remember this yes yes and so you would go into Pleasure Island. There was, uh, it wasn't just restaurants. It was just uh, nightlife entertainment. Yeah. And then it was shut down back in 2008 of September. And this 2008 was... 2008 of September. Not September of 2008. 2008 of September. Got well, it. Okay, she thinks. Okay, <laughs> so you want to correct me on my grammar and my language of how to place months, dates, and years together, whatever. Hey, I guess it depends on the country. We just talked to somebody that's out of the country right now in one episode, I guess. And different countries who put the things in different orders, so maybe you're right. Yeah, well, I'm always right, so always remember that. Okay. (laughs) But, you know, this was two months before I was going to turn 18, and that was one of the things that I wanted to do, and it was randomly closed down. Mm -hmm. Um, I was looking up conspiracy theories, and I think that there was some sort of, like, gang and violence, certain type of people that was brought there. Mm -hmm. Um, I want Disney to rethink of planting Pleasure Island, maybe doing a Pleasure Island Squared 2.0, however you want to frame it, uh, back into Disney Springs. That would be something that I would be interested in and would love to see. So, yeah, that's my Delta. What do you think about that, Brian? What's your plus Delta? Ah, my plus Delta. So, as far as a positive go, I just, thinking back about a conversation with Brian, I just really appreciate his constant love and passion for what he loves, which were theme parks. Um, and I say that in the sense of he didn't let a career in theme parks that he had for a minute um, ruin his excitement because of customer problems that he may have had or maybe a bad boss, which he didn't necessarily mention. But I know we all struggle with different things in our jobs, and sometimes that can dull your excitement for what it is that you're doing, but it definitely didn't for him. He was able to stick through the positives and um, still enjoy going to a theme park every single day that that he can, uh, regardless of any negative experience that he might have had at a theme park. So I think that positive outlook on things is definitely my plus. 
because um, it was just great to see and hear. Um, as far as my Delta goes, I just kind of going with your idea of keeping kids at heart. I want others to accept each other in that sense more because I feel like there's a lot of times judgment of uh, you're a grown up you don't have children you shouldn't be going to theme parks and we kind of mentioned that a little bit in the conversation that's just like dude just let me enjoy my time like it might be my first time going to a theme park and I never got a chance to enjoy it as a child or I just want to stress relief because the world sucks a lot of the times uh, whether it's from jobs now COVID or anything else so if that's my getaway let me enjoy my getaway so people just need to be a little bit more supportive of each other and the things that we enjoy doing exactly let people who have their annual passes go to Disney every weekend and you know enjoy the experiences Because we all want to feel happy. We want to fill the void of having joy, excitement, wherever you want. And you know what? Listeners, we want to know what do you enjoy about theme parks? What is your favorite theme park? Or even yet, you know, what's a place that people should go to that is a theme park uh, or amusement park? Let us know with uh, our social media plus three. Nope. Plus Delta 3. I always mess up. It's okay. I mess up our email every time. So plus Delta 3 for our Twitter and Instagram. And then podmedia at plusdelta.org for our email. We want to, like Jerome said here, any thoughts you have about theme parks or what you want our next conversation to be about. Because we're always looking for more topics as well. All right. Well, I think that's it. Let's wrap it up. Till next time, everybody. See ya.